Saturday, five to two, just finished running the game. And I had a fab time. Uh, it was really good fun. Defending Apple Lane uh, was a fun little scenario. It was essentially just a big extended battle. Um, but it was a lot of fun to run, and I really appreciated that. Um, we unfortunately lost one player. The, the, the uh, connection was just so slow from Canada. And um, so, Bill, if you're listening, I doubt you are. But if you are, I'm really sorry about that, mate. I really, really broke my heart to lose you, actually. It was really difficult to let you go. Um, but two... Alex, the Snodlander, and to Smo Badger and to Craig, I just wanted to say a big thank you if you knew you were listening for, yeah, I guess breaking my request virginity as a GM. I really, really appreciated it. And you were great. There were so many heroic moments, so many great moments in that game, so many pushed difficult on a task, and uh, yes, a lot of fun, loads and loads of fun. And um, I, I just think that um, for me, it is just kind of, made me realise that you can run a really damn good game on just knowing kind of the basics and and going for it. And um, so if you're if anyone out there is listening and thinking, you know, oh, I don't know if I'm ready to run a game, um, I think actually Andy's got it right. You kind of just have to do it. You just have to stick your neck out and go for it. I don't imagine it was the most polished of games. There were plenty of times where I wasn't quite sure of things, but the players step in and help you, you know. Some of them know more, and we just made some judgment calls. And, and ultimately, when we weren't sure, we just rolled some dice. So... Do it, guys. Get out there. Play a game for yourself. Um, I've just done that and I feel great. I've got an hour till I get to play. And it's Shandy Andy's game. I'm looking forward to that. Game on. Thanks he won't share with us The darkness in his brain The dungeon master's plan The pleasure and the pain What's better left unknown Keep calling out to me My name is Che Webster, and this is the Roleplay Rescue Dungeon Master's Diary. Just finished the uh, second game with Shandy Andy uh, GMing by Tor and the Snow Dog, which if you ever get a chance to play that scenario, you should play that scenario. It is absolutely top. I really enjoyed it. It was great. And um, we were really pushed for time at the end, but I think, you know, as a group, we spent a lot of time, um, I don't know, you know, investigating and asking interesting questions. And yeah, it was just great. It's really good evening and I uh, really enjoyed it. It's the... In a lot of ways, very, very, very different from the game I ran. My game was essentially one big, long, extended tactical combat, I guess. But um, no, this was uh, you know proper investigation, traveling across land, interacting with different uh, tribal groups, and yeah, just good stuff. Really, really enjoyed it. Lots of um, foreshadowing as well. I think um, one of the things that Andy does so well with his his jamming is he foreshadows and uh, he's able to sort of create a mood. Really, it was really, really good. Massively enjoyed it. And the guys we're playing with, there's like six of us in total play. They're just so good. Um, yeah, and um, it's a nice thing as well because I've been pretty down on things like Roll20. And um, actually, he was using Roll20 and it was pretty cool. Um, you know, it was a little bit, a character sheet kind of very detailed, but actually kind of, you know, you're just clicking some buttons and off it goes. That was That was very, very well done and very handy. And Andy was using images and, and sort of, you know, maps and stuff very effectively. You know, kind of simple stuff, but really effective. And I enjoyed it. I, I really found that uh, to help focus the game, you know. 
It was interesting this morning when I was running, I felt like using just Discord, real dice, and um, a couple of images, but basically it, we were just on video uh, camera, and that was engaging to have, well, at least it was to me, to sort of GM a group of people and to see all their faces and to be able to sort of look into the camera and see them. That was really valuable and really important. Andy's game was uh, audio only, but using the Roll20 to focus our attention, you know, using um, images and, and maps and such and things. And again, very effective. I think the thing I find on an online game is you need something to help focus the attention because it is very easy if you're purely audio and there's nothing to look at to then start looking around. And, and then, of course, you're tempted, aren't you, to, to hook your phone or something else. So, nah, top stuff. I really enjoyed today. Grind the Games 2020 online. You know, it's been a good, good positive experience. And um, it's no, obviously, no substitute for getting into um, some venue as it was last year in Birmingham and meeting together. But it's, it's certainly been a good laugh. Um, I think the virtual pub opens at nine. Um, I don't know if I'll be able to make it. So I hope they had a good time. And I'm just going to say, if you get an opportunity to get involved in this kind of show, I really strongly recommend that you do. It's it's good to meet new gamers. It's good to try new games. It's good to uh, you know experience uh, different ways of of playing. It is uh, thoroughly worth your time. Nine hours of gaming today. Yes, that's kind of more than I've done in a month. I think so. Yeah, game on. It's Sunday and uh, the day after RuneQuest and um, I really enjoyed the games. I uh, have a whole bunch of thoughts that have sort of bubbled up over the course of the last 24 hours and um, it, I just kind of needed to capture them. But the first thing to say about the Grand Theft Games con- tw- convention yesterday, 2020 convention, was that I really enjoyed the games. I, I really did. It was amazing, you know, it was really um, engaging to me. Nine hours or so of play. Um, it was good, it was great. I, I, you know, I, that is the first thing that everybody needs to understand if you're listening to this. RuneQuest is, uh, as one guy said, a game that looks like it shouldn't work, but it does work, it works remarkably well. It is uh, rich, you know, and um, a beautiful thing in many ways at Chaosium's. I'm talking about Chaosium's RuneQuest Grand Theft, you know, from 2018, the newer game. That said, though, it does strain me. Um, Both as player and GM, I found it hard work. You know, the examples would be the strike rank system in combat, which um, is, I like, I really do like. I've spoken about this before, that um, it gets rid of initiative roles and that idea that you have, you know, based on your dexterity and your size in melee combat, you, you can act within a 12-second round, within those 12 strike ranks, which aren't seconds, but kind of, you can't help but think they are, I guess, but they're not. <laughs> but in that 12 like, ranks, you know, potential activity moments, if you like, within that, within that round, everything you do kind of fits into an order based on what you're trying to do and how fast you are and how how long your weapon is and all that kind of stuff. And I love all that. I think that that is a wonderfully elegant way of handling a very complex thing. Um, but it strained me, you know. Um, I think as I said to one player yesterday, that there are 
many moving parts in the game that make it kind of hard. The magic's like that as well. You know, it's complex. It's interconnected. There's um, a huge richness to it that I, I found impenetrable in some ways that you'd need to play, I think, for a very long while before you understood how the spirit magic and the rune magic and the sorcery and um, how shamanic stuff or how all of that works and how all the rune cult stuff works together it is elegantly simple mechanically you know like you cast a spell by spending some magic points and making a die roll against um, a, you know your power for, for spirit magic or for rune magic against your rune but actually the spells kind of they're, they're interconnected in a way that takes a lot of um a lot of understanding and a lot of play. I don't think it's enough to read the rules. You know, I've read through the rule book, but it wasn't enough. It was nowhere near enough. You have to play. And uh, in one sense, Andy was right. You know, you have to dive in. You have to start somewhere. You just have to do it. Um, and over time, you will absorb it. And um, yeah, that's 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 true. And yet it's hard, you know. Uh, maybe that's true of any game, but... It, um, I think that layered on top of Glorantha and the richness that's there makes it um, seem intimidating, you know. I love Glorantha. I love I love that world so much. It is so rich. Greg Stafford's world is, is amazing to me. Um, the art, the description, the ideas, um, the feeling of it, really. It, it's so much me. It really resonates with me, that older way of thinking, that, and that the truth of the, the spiritual realm, the... You know, that everything is alive, that animistic way of looking at things um, resonates with me, that I understand that. And um, it is so different to this hard, cold, um, reductive, scientific world that we live in. Um, that mythic realm is, is, is really rich to me. And yet, and yet, I feel like it's been overwritten. Now, when people say overwritten, it's easy to, to think what I mean is, that um, you know, there's too many words and the author should have culled the words. And I don't mean that, I mean it's been written over. I miss the old map that was in RuneQuest 2, that, that map of Dragon Pass, that black and white map, and, and the kind of that feeling of not knowing what all those old places were, that I didn't really know what, you know, what Boldhome was or what um, anything on there, you know, Lunatash, what was that? Um, all I had was like the Apple Lane supplement and I think Dad got the solo play supplement as well because I have that and those were what I had and that's all I really knew I knew about Apple Lane and Gringle's Pawn Shop but not much else you know and over the years um what happened is that all kind of got coloured in it's like um Garantha was a, a sort of a an empty colouring book you know and other people have gone and coloured in all the pages so that I come to it now and it's all done you know um and it feels like I missed out on something I, that I, I, I didn't get to do that, that I can't, I can't kind of colour in anymore. Um, and I feel like I missed out. I feel like there's something that I, that I, um, yeah, I just kind of missed out. And it's not necessarily a bad thing, but it, it just, it saddens me that um, I realised that I look back at that, that, that nine and ten year old kid didn't have the courage to, to pick up the colouring pencils you know, to get involved. I think that as a teenager, I didn't have the courage to GM. That I kind of regret that. That I um, I wanted to play RuneQuest so much, and my friends knew that, I think. But 
that I didn't have the force of personality to step up and and sort of insist that we play in the way that my friends did. They, you know, they sort of. I remember, um, you know, Daniel wanted to play Traveller and Star Frontiers and and many other games, and I remember that, um, you know, Gavin and and Alex wanted to play Rollmaster and I, and I wanted to play Runecrest, but I didn't have the the strength of character really and the courage to to drive that and so I've it's always been in the background and then as I've come through the years you know I, I didn't have the courage to um be honest enough really with my friends that that's what I wanted to play more than anything and when I talked about RuneQuest others have listened and, and shown modicum of interest but I think because it's such a different game in such a rich world that others have either not understood or um, I've just not managed to communicate that the passion that I had for that place and the desire I had to go there. And yesterday I went there. Uh, and that was an amazing thing for me to, to finally find the courage to do that. And and when I went into Andy's game, to, to go into the depth and richness of that, uh, a GM who's been playing for some months, who has trailblazed really into that and, and found his own way in his own space, um, who's still, I think, a little uncomfortable with you know, your Glanther will vary, but whom is living into that and leaning into that, I see courage there and I, I'm really, I'm really amazed. Um, and Andy, you know, well done <laughs> for doing that. I really, really was impressed that the feeling you evoked in that game was wonderful. And I just felt like, yeah, that was, that was, that was important for me to understand. And yesterday, you know, the, Overall, it was deeply instructive for me, and I had a bunch of sort of realizations that I I, I needed to jot down. I, I jot them down in the book, and I'm just going to sort of share them, I suppose, um, unpack them a little, maybe. But the first was that I don't much like convention play. Now, don't get me wrong; I, I I do like going to conventions, but it's the play in them that I don't relish it. I suppose you know, I can do it, I did it yesterday, and I've done it in the past, actually, I've, I've run games at conventions before, not often, but I have, and it's always been great, and I've played in many games, and I've, generally speaking, had good experiences, the only negative experience I've ever had in convention have been called Cthulhu games, um, but I actually, I actually, all, you know, really enjoy that, and, and I'm going to use some Glamour terminology here, because I think it helps explain what I realised this yesterday, that Going to the convention, right? Okay, so it's it's meeting all those strangers. Um, it's like if my gaming group was my was my family, and if like the, the roleplay rescue community and and the OSR Anchorites and perhaps even the OSR community of people that I know, if they are my clan, then obviously going to roleplaying conventions, this is where I get to meet my tribe, and. Perhaps, you know, like going and being with the RuneQuest tribe is is a fantastic thing, you know. And then there's beyond that, there's the sort of the nation, isn't there? That the, the you know, that are united under um, one banner of role-playing games. But going to conventions is an amazing thing. And um, yet for the introvert, for the the shy man that I am, this is too many strangers. It's too much pressure and expectation, especially. Um and I find that hard. I find that difficult. That is intense for me. It's tiring. It's exhausting. For me, I realise this, that gaming is personal. It's intimate. Um, it's among friends. 
And so when I'm gaming with strangers, that is, that is hard. Because yesterday, you know, I felt, amongst all those wonderful people I gamed with, I felt a resonance with one particular individual. I felt like a connection, a, a moment of recognition of like, yeah, actually, that's a person I know I could play with, like, if they wanted to. And I always make the open invitation that anyone who gains with me is always welcome back. Um, and I mean it because I, I kind of want to see if anybody, you know, connected in the way that I felt I did. Um, and I felt a deep connectedness to several people yesterday, but um, I always wonder if it's reciprocated. And when it is, that's a wonderful thing to me. That is an amazing thing to me. Um, because that's where friendships are born. I realise that through gaming is where my deepest friendships are. So yeah, I don't much enjoy convention play, but um, I do enjoy meeting those strangers and and finding moments of connection with individuals. Without that, I would be alone, you know. And that's important to me. I also realise that I prefer an interesting map and, and essentially the freedom to explore it. I, I, um, I just want a simple sort of lovely map, you know, that I remember the black and white one from RuneQuest 2 I mentioned a minute ago that um, when I looked at that, you know, I, I, I was drawn into possibilities and um, as a kid, you know, and, and that's what I want, I think, a simple lovely map and then really just to find the courage to riff off of it and explore it and play. And this is the point that... The worlds fascinate me in a way that um, can only be sated, really, through the ongoing play and role-playing. It's, it's fine reading a book. You know, fiction is great. But the book, the pages run out. I always find myself disappointed when the book gets to an end and I don't want to stop ever. Um, and even with um, you know, trilogies and, 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 and all the rest of it, eventually, you know, that runs out. Either I run out of... Um, pages because the author stops or more commonly actually what happens is the author goes off in a direction that I'm no longer interested in they start exploring things in their world that um, I'm not interested in and often I think authors don't realise what it is about their world and their story that's interesting to others or at least interesting to me and and it's the same with movies and TV series it's great I enjoy them I get really invested in um, especially long running series but it's always going to come to an end, you know. Um, and yeah, a role-playing game doesn't have to. I mean, often so many do, right? My games very fairly have any legs in them, but that's what I'm hungry for. And I think that, I, you know, I realise that what I need to find is an interesting map and I just need to have the courage to just go explore it, to dive into it, to um, stop worrying about it and uh, find some players who want to come into that world and, and go there. And finally, I realised how familiar and reliable one particular game has kind of become in my, in my mind. And that game, of course, is the generic universal role-playing system from Steve Jackson Games, GURPS. I, it is so familiar and reliable to me. There's no... It's not, it's not clunky to me. Um, it's elegant. Um, but there's no clunky maths to handle that combat stuff, you know. It really is simple. And, um, yes, there's lots and lots of detail, but also... You know, GURPS, for me, obviously I have become more familiar with it, so that interconnectedness I was talking about in RuneQuest is I'm further down the road, all right, so that I see 
how things interact in in a way. But what I also realised with GURPS is that I also have the freedom to shape that into my own taste and my own style. That um, I'm really beginning to understand what is meant by this idea that it's a descriptive um, game system rather than a prescriptive one. Um, Ringquest is someone's prescription. Um, GURPS isn't, and I could take any map and take those rules and and then go play there and it would it would be fine I can shape it you know I don't have the baggage from other people's concepts and there are other ways of thinking about how the game should be played I've got I've got the freedom there obviously I have been picking up other people's conceptions of how you could play GURPS because that's how you learn but I think I'm at the cusp in the big place where I could now go and do my own thing and riff off of something and um you bring those things together that if I could find the group, you know, and find the, the time with the right people and the right map and then those rules and, and made the time to bring it all together that I could have what I really desire, I think, which is a deeply, deeply immersive role-playing experience, a fantasy, um, not in the genre sense, in the in the sense of you know, being able to go off and imagine. And that's what I'm hungry for. So all of that, thank you. Thank you so much to the guys who created Garantha Games 2020, to KOZ who created Rowan Quest, to Derek Stafford's Garantha, to all the people who have coloured in those places, to all of the people who've encouraged me to play, all the players who came to the table. And most especially to Andy, who who said, just do it, you know, to, to, got me to dive in yesterday. Because I think it's catalyzed something and um, I don't know where I'm going, but today I'm going to think about it and I'm going to um, feel my way into it, I think. And for that, I am hugely grateful. Thank you. Game on. Hi, Che, it's Barney. I just wanted to say that your message to Andy in Expedition to the Grizzly Peaks about attention being a key thing for successful GMing, I think is so spot on. Forgive me if you've talked about that somewhere else or someone else has talked about that, but, you know, it seems such an obvious thing and I think it gets perhaps a bit overlooked or at least I've been overlooking it. Uh, And the levels of attention that are that are that are needed for that success and interconnected the way they stack and interact before after during parallel all of those different kinds of attention i think it's such a good point and that is such a fundamental thing that i will always bear in mind see you bye It's Tuesday night and um, this is the first night in quite a while I haven't felt utterly exhausted at the end of the day. Pretty tired, but not utterly exhausted. I actually managed to cook some food tonight. We've shared a meal together and Debbie's about to go online, have a chat with one of her friends and I got a little bit of time essentially to myself. And I thought I would sort of, well, really just reflect on where I'm at. So I've got essentially two games that are running. Um, I've got my... GURPS Dungeon Fantasy game in the Fire Citadel of the, of the Dragon Kings, which has been okay, and that's due for another game in two weeks. We obviously had to miss a game to fit in Grantha games. And um, the other thing I'm running is the play-by-post game in my Covenant, which isn't yet running as such. We are in the 
very early stages of kind of I, I'm on one level I'm creating the world and starting to sort of shape that and what's really happening at the moment for the players is we are having a series of character interviews um, which I think could go on for some time and I'm really enjoying it's, it's a really good thing and it's, it's kind of fun because each time the players answer a question they essentially sort of shape their character they also shape the world a little bit as well which is one of the marvelous things about role-playing games well I always think it is anyway so, uh, yeah, that's all cool. But actually, what's really been bubbling around my head, and of course, patrons will know this because um, I spoke about this uh, a week or so ago, but, um, you know, in in a sort of exclusive uh, that I do for my dollar patrons and upwards. But um, I'll, I'll bring you in on the secret. The secret is this. It's a very simple thing, actually. I've been really bugged about reading and playing GURPS 3rd edition. So... I think I got third edition um, really early on when it came out. Probably when I came back to the hobby, uh, I don't know exactly. Actually, I'll just look. When was it published originally? I want to sort of say um, 99 or something. The revised edition is what I'm talking about, the third edition revised. Now, I think that came out about 99, but I could be wrong. Um, and I think I bought that when I got back in the hobby in 98, and I bought it out of curiosity because I'd, I'd heard about this game. You remember, 1989, I went to university and stopped having spare money to buy games. 1994 came, came as the year I got married. Um, and then from then, we were working hard. And of course, 98 was when we moved to Nottingham. And I first kind of really had time and the opportunity to get back into the hobby. Um, the truth is, I've never played GURPS 3rd edition. Um, I mean, I read it uh, at the time and I mucked about probably a little bit. Um, with bits of it, but I never really played it. And of course, then in 2004, GURPS 4th edition came out and I just upgraded, unthinkingly, really. Um, and I held on to my copy of GURPS 3rd a little bit, but then I ended up selling off my original revised edition rulebook um, until really late last year when I started to reacquire the core books because I, I had the Compendium 1. I don't think I ever owned Compendium 2. And I've reacquired those, so I have a copy of uh, GURPS revised and the two compendia because uh, i have many gurps edition books but um i uh i sort of started mucking about with this again and i got the first edition box set and i was really interested in the journey you know through the editions and um that's what brought me to third edition and there's something about it i don't know quite what it is i think a big part of it is the aesthetic it's um it's got this very sort of, well, it's black and white art. But what I like, I'll tell you what I do like, is it's got this kind of solid column of text, which is basically two-thirds of the page. And then there is a sort of sidebar on most of the pages, um, or pretty much every page, which kind of deals with either specifics or options. Do you know what I mean? And it's really nice kind of layout because you've got the kind of core of the game going down the middle of the page, if you like. And then you've got all these various options and ideas and suggestions and like specific little bits kind of on the edge. And I found that a really engaging kind of way of, of laying out rules. And it's nice, it's fairly big print, nicely laid out, black and white. The artwork's kind of cute, I like it, it's a nice style to it. And um, yeah, the whole thing is aesthetically very pleasing and it has a certain sort of, I guess it has that sort of 80s retro feel to it to some degree. Um, which is a fourth edition with its full colour, polished, sort of two-column pages and all of that. In some ways, it feels quite busy and, I would say, actually, in some ways, quite clinical 
I mean, the style of writing in GURPS 4th edition also is slightly different. It's got that much more clinical style, which I guess comes from, you know, the Sean Punch, the editor himself, Dr. Crom. You know, he's a scientist. Um, I don't know. There's something about this third edition book that's so appealing. And, and I've, I've always, you know, for a long while I've been wondering, well, what's it play like? I mean, I know some of the differences. I mean, I know there's some fairly radical differences between the two, but on the surface, actually, they're fundamentally you know, connected games. I mean, some of the text is literally exactly the same. But it feels different, and I don't quite know why. Um, now, I did an even crazier thing this week, because I ordered from Amazon. Amazon, you can buy now a print-on-demand copy of 3rd edition GURPS, 3rd um, edition revised, and it's the full vision. It was It's kind of like 2019, they went back through the text, cleared it up, and got it ready. But it's also got all of the revision appendix that was so there's a latest edition i think about ninth printing or something um and that tells you something how many printings this has been through they took out the caravan to iron Aris adventure and they replaced it the 18 pages or so of that with a appendix of new bits and bobs that had come from various setting bits and kind of slotted it in the back this kind of new advantages disadvantages skills and, and various bits and pieces mostly advantages and disadvantages and it got slotted in the back. Um, and then, of course, at the same time, they were releasing the compendium. So they contain everything. But the idea, I think, was to sort of like round out the book with a few things that felt like they were core, you know. And um, so I got a copy of that because I'd never seen that particular um, appendix. I think you can get it as a free download off the Steve Jackson Games, like sjgames.com forward slash GURPS webpage. But there you go. I was just curious. And also, I just wanted to sort of see what the quality of these books were because um, I think I've bought maybe one or two Amazon prints, but um, uh, I wasn't sure how it would go with a major rule book. And, and the truth is, it's that fairly typical thing. It's quite the pages themselves are fine, the printing quality is quite good. It's the covers that are sort of a bit flimsy and thin, and they, they tend to react to heat badly or cold more precisely badly, and they sort of warp and, and bend. But I'm hoping they settle down over time. Anyway, I'm wittering. Um, yeah, so here I am. I'm in this kind of dilemma because I kind of want to play GURPS edition, even though I know, intellectually I know, I should just stick with 4th edition because it's it's essentially, you know, the game in its current and, and so far ultimate state. You know, it's like very polished. It's very, very um, consistent, very kind of together, you know, and things are obviously evolved and all of that. But there's a part of me that just wants to experience what was for many years the game, like for at least 10, 15 years, uh, was the game. I mean, there aren't many games that stay in print 15 years and remain, you know, sort of popular and, and extensive. And I think in a lot of ways, GURPS 3rd edition might have been more popular than it currently is today. So why is that? That's the question I have. I don't know. Anyway... I'm going to delve a bit deeper and, and, you know, scratch that itch this evening. I've got a little bit of time and it'll be nice to do some hobby. Game on.